Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, we're starting a brand new series called We Church, and I promise you, this one's going to be a blessing. You all ready for the Word of God this morning? All right, today we're going to talk about a new subject uh, because of what I see going on in the body of Christ today. And so before I give you the title, I just want to kind of give an intro, and then I have a video that kind of illustrates the intro. And so the church, how many of you know the church is not an iPhone? Right? If you're following along today online or in the room, of course, you can go right to our platform at linkedupchurch.com, Version Bible app, you know, however God leads you to do it. But really look at the Word of God today. The church is not an iPhone with fully customizable preferences, right? How many know God didn't set the church up for you to design it the way you wanted? Right? It's not the iChurch or the eChurch. Or we can even add to that, or the me church. The church is a group of people, lots and lots of people who come together to know and worship Jesus. Right? How many times, a lot of times, though, messy people come to do that, including myself. How many know we're all messy people? Raise your hand if you know that about yourself, right? We all have our own issues, right? So, so what, you know, being messy separates us, but, but we've got to find something that unites us. So we all come together to know and worship Jesus. It's not an I church. It's not a E church. I mean, no, God designed this to be a we church. And I'll explain further what that means. That's what we see in the book of Acts. It literally introduces us to the first church plant ever. When we look at it, we're going to see that they are a community of believers that are doing life together. So if it's not an I church and if it's not an E church, see, if it's not about me and my personal preferences, but it's a we church, if it's a we church, then it must be about Christ and his preferences, Amen. right? And so we have to kind of put ours to the side, figure out what his is, and then make that adjustment. So he's given us an example of what he'd like to see in the book of Acts. And when we look at those, we're going to study one point per week to see how he originally set the first church up to operate. How I many know God doesn't change? And so if he set it up to operate and it worked back then, how I many of know it will work today? But I want to show you all a video of kind of what church has turned into today. Go ahead and play that video. Tired of having to wake up, get dressed, and drive across town just to attend your favorite service? Introducing Virtual Reality Church. Start by choosing a church building that meets your needs. Tired of the stress of having to choose a Sunday morning outfit? Never make a fashion mistake again, because Virtual Reality Church will style you based on your denomination. Not a people person? Select the introvert experience to completely eliminate the welcome team, meet and greet time, connect cards, and that awkward hold hands with the person next to you thing we still do. Next, personalize your morning by choosing the worship experience that you want. Feeling a touch of white guilt? Add a minority worship leader. Custom options even let you tailor the skinniness of your worship leader's jeans. Finally, no more having to endure songs that you don't like. With Virtual Reality Church, you're in charge. For the sermon, choose the amount of conviction you'd like and we'll select a pastor for you. We'll even let you tailor your sermon topics so you'll never have to attend a Vision Sunday or a sermon series on giving. And never worry again about dozing off during the sermon. With Virtual Reality Church, you can sleep as long as you want. Kids being bad in nursery? Who cares? Worried about missing a football game? Enter your favorite team and we'll provide notifications when the game is starting. Never miss a kickoff again. Want to go for for prayer? Well, if you selected a Pentecostal service, always stand in front of a mattress. Even connect your social media accounts and we'll post for you. Get credit for being super spiritual all from the comfort of your couch. Finally, an option for people asking the question, how can I make Sunday morning even more about me? Virtual Reality Church, the future of church attendance. Now, how many of you know we have to be careful? Let me look at the right people. How many of you know we have to be careful that we don't make this about me? 
we make this about we. Let's look at our foundation text in Acts chapter 2. And let's read verses 42 through 47. Now, we know we don't start at verse 42. I will back up and explain how we arrived at verse 42. But let's read it for right now. We're going to read out of the Passion Translation. And it reads, every believer, somebody say every believer. Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. So every believer was faithfully devoted to the word of God. Their hearts were mutually linked together. Boy, I'm getting ready to run around this church. Why they found us in the Bible. Their hearts were mutually linked together. We might have to change our foundation text for linked up church. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. So we see a group of people that are committed to the word, committed to each other, and committed to prayer. Right? Let's keep reading here. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone, and the apostles performed uh, believers and the apostles perform many miracles, signs, and wonders. So a lot of times we focus on the apostles performing the many miracles, signs, and wonders without understanding the atmosphere that was created for those miracles, signs, and wonders. I mean, if there's no commitment to the word, no commitment to each other, no commitment to prayer, we don't get miracles, signs, and wonders. Okay, let's keep reading here. Verse 44 says, all the believers, all of them, what's left after all? All the believers were in fellowship as one body. It didn't say they were all in church. They were all in fellowship. I mean, a church is just a place where we come to meet new people and build more relationships so that we can get together when we leave church. I would even submit to you, church doesn't begin until you leave on Sunday morning. Verse 45, out of, the, out of their generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. Daily they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes to celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with praises to God. Somebody give God a good hallelujah in this place. Come on, type it in. If you're watching online, just type in hallelujah. They were continually filled with the praises of God. And as a result of that, they were enjoying the favor of all of the people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life or those who were getting saved. How I many know people need to get saved every day? The reality is they only get saved on Sundays because we're not working Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right? So it's so important that we take what we get here and take it out into our homes, our communities, right? Our jobs, into our schools, because that's where people need Jesus. So if the Lord is going to add to the church daily, I mean, you know, the church, Ecclesia, a called out group of people have to work every single day. We need to be sensitive to the people that are around us and what their needs are. Let's look at point number one today. Point number one, the we church, we gather around God's word. That's what we're doing today, online and in the worship center. We are gathering around God's word. And so here, I want to help us understand how we arrived at verse 42. I just want to back up. You don't have to look at it. I'll give you a synopsis today. But if you go back to the top of Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13, we know that's when Pentecost happened. Jesus told them to go up into the upper room to tarry there until they be endued with power from on high. 
We know that the Holy Ghost set upon each one of them as in the form of fire, right? And they got baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, and then they began to speak in other tongues. And they, they f fell out into the city, and then the people that were out there who did not know Jesus, literally, as they were speaking in other tongues, they heard them speaking in their own language. And as a result, a large population of people get saved. So, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, God's heart is for souls to get saved, right? And then we'll look at the next thing that happens in that chapter from verses 14 through 41. Peter gets up and Peter ministers this powerful message, right? He gets up and he, after being thrown into jail, they told him to not preach or teach in that name. He prays to God and asks God to give him boldness to speak the name of Christ. How I many know when they tell you to stop talking about Christ, you need to talk about him even more. Come on. When they tell you what you can't do for God, you need to do it for God at an even higher level. And he gets up and he asks God to grant me with all boldness that I may speak your word as a result of that he gets up and speaks the word of God with power and 3,000 souls give their lives to Christ how would you all like to be in an environment where you see 3,000 people come to Christ over one message well that's what we witnessed there now we pick up in verse 42 and these are the 3,000 people and you got to remember, the only thing that Peter and the apostles have is the Torah. The Torah is the first five books of the Old Testament. They have some of the major, some of the minor prophets, but they're primarily working from the Torah. And what they're teaching them, if you'll study from verses 14 through 41, what they're teaching them is how everything in the Old Testament pointed to Christ and that he is here now, right? And we were eyewitnesses, and they're telling them their stories and what they saw and everything that, they, that, uh, that uh, Christ taught them while he was on the earth. And now we pick the story up at verse 42, and it's almost like they're wired instinctively to do church a certain way. And when you think about church, the first priority has to be the word of God, or we're just a social club. If the word is not the priority, how I many know we're just a bless me club if we have not prioritized the word? But let's see something about these individuals. Verse 42 says, every believer, that means if the church had 3,000 members, all 3,000 of them were the same way. It says, every believer was faithfully devoted. Well, what does faithfully devoted mean? That's an individual that's true to their word. Literally, that's what this means in the Greek. This really comes from the New King James Version and the King James Version of steadfast. They were true to their word. They said, God, I'm saved and I'm committed. And they lived that. It means that they kept their promises. See, they made a vow to God that this is what I'm giving my life to and come hell or high water, I'm not breaking it. See, a lot of times we want God to keep his promises, but we don't keep our promises. It literally means steady in allegiance or affection. I love this one, constantly loyal. See, at the end of the day, if you're going to have a good marriage, the two people have to be loyal to each other. And loyalty is not seen when we're together. Loyalty is seen when we're apart. Who you are when you're not with what you're loyal to determines how loyal you actually are to it. And then this one right here, reliable. See, we can count on God, but can God count on us? I need another real good hallelujah, amen, thank you, Jesus, in this place. Say, by faith, God can count on me. Come on, put your hand over your heart and say, God can count on me. Come on, type it in online. God can count on me. You're going to be challenged over these next several weeks to go from going to church to being the church. I know we're in the middle of a whole lot of stuff, but how many know we're not in it by ourselves? How I many know God is in it with us? 
And if God be for us, all right, so they faithfully devoted themselves to the word of God. That's so important for us to understand, folks. At the end of the day, my clothes doesn't unite us, your clothes doesn't unite us, the fact that I like sports and you like, how I many you know that doesn't unite us at the end of the day? Because if I'm rooting for one team and you're rooting for another team, we will be divided at the end of that game. Right? I hate to tell you all this, but social media doesn't unite us. Likes on your post doesn't make us united. At the end of the day, there's really only two things that unite us. That's Christ and the Word of God. And I can put everything else to side with what I agree with, disagree about you. At the end of the day, if you're my brother, you're my sister in Christ, that's all that matters at the end of the day. If we're both saved and we both share the same belief in this Word, we can kick it. It's amazing the stuff that we allow to divide us what somebody said about me. They won't let me be the head over this. Have I found my location yet? Right? It's amazing today, folks, how as we get into this, you'll see the word of God either matures you or you stay immature because you don't value it. And it's literally demonstrated by your responses. Okay? It's the only thing that's going to unite us at the end of the day. You go to a church not for the pastor. You go because you believe God led you there. Then you'll have an allegiance to what God has called you to do and led you to do. Whether or not, doesn't matter who's up speaking, God called me to help build this church. And we've got to get back to what matters most. I see today there are a lot of people that are not members here that don't today who were that has nothing to do with the word of God or Jesus Christ. Has everything to do with what somebody said to them. What somebody did to them. He hired somebody else and didn't hire me. I don't know if they like me. Who cares? God loves you. Come on, somebody. Who cares? God loves you, right? So, so, so we've got to really grow up as a church. So today I want to talk about six benefits of God's word. Six benefits of God's word, right? Before I talk about them today, I just want to put these two nuggets out there. As a believer, the word of God is a crucial part of your foundation. It is the important fuel to generate his power in your life. So if you want his power, you have to have his word on your situation. God gives us many wonderful promises about the power of reading, studying, meditating and obeying his word. Today, we're going to look at a few examples of how these principles can be put into practice in our daily lives. As a pastor, if I can get you to get in the word every day, then the word will get in you every day and you will see your life transform right before your eyes into what it is that you study, you will literally become and you'll see it manifested in your life. It's not without challenges, Father, uh, people, but over time, I mean, no, God will always get you to your desired destination. I heard a leader say one time, right, if God's word doesn't move you, then your words won't move him. I've heard again over the course of my life, that if you will just say what God said, then God will do what you said because you believe what he said and practice it in your life. We have overcomplicated life, folks. 
They will challenge us today. If you want to keep information from people, put it in a book. Because they will not read it. We enjoy hearing it, but folks, you're hearing what somebody else has read. It's not music to your ears until you hear yourself saying it. Number one, it provides nourishment. Six benefits. It provides nourishment, right? Nourishment. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 through 14 says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers. So these are people that have been in church a while, but they're not helping anybody else. So notice there is an expectation that after you've been saved and taught a while, you should be teaching other people. So for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you still need someone to teach you again. So it means it's something that they've learned before. Still haven't put it into practice. What do they have to teach them? The first principles of the oracles of God, faith, love, hello somebody, joy, hope, right? The basic fundamentals of Christianity. Now let's go on here. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. Now, I mean, no, you need both. When you first get saved, a baby first comes into the world, I mean, no, they need milk. You don't want to put a, cut a piece of steak off and put that in a baby's mouth. Right? But how I many know that baby should eventually be weaned off of milk and on to solid food? Let me give you some characteristics, some differences between babies and, and people who can, can chew on some meat. Babies need someone to feed them. Grown people feed themselves. So there is a place in every church on Sunday morning where people need to come and get fed. Others are coming to get information to use, not just for themselves, but to feed others. Now, let's look. The scripture again will kind of give us some more insight into what this looks like. Verse 13. For everyone who only partakes in milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. So, in other words, they keep drinking, but they never use it. And how many of you don't grow just by hearing? You grow by doing. I almost feel like taking a lap around this church. Did anybody wear some gym shoes today? Did anybody, anybody want to run with me today? I'm feeling so good today. I feel loose today. You know how sometimes you wake up in the morning and you just feel everything just working right, right? Verse 14, but solid food belongs to those who are of full age, grown people, maturity. See that? How do we know they're of full age? How do we know they're mature? That is those who by reason of use, not hearing, but by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. How many know you practice the word of God enough, you'll see stuff coming before it gets to you? I mean, when you're a babe, we'll just use relationships as an example. When you're a babe, people can get all kind of stuff by you. But then you grow up a little bit, you can see them before they even open up their mouth. Right? Then you locate them even further by the words that come out of their mouth. Because as you grow up, you no longer listen to what they say. You watch what they do. I'm going to be this. I'm going to do that. Well, call me when you get there. Amen. And let's be friends. It's amazing. We are masters at telling people what we're going to become. And babes fall for that. Mature people don't go for that. The reality is, as beautiful as my wife is, I couldn't close that deal without a, my own spot. Amen. 
That was clear to me. She wasn't going for that. And watch this. If I want to keep her, it's not automatic. I have to still be a grown man for the rest of my life by, why, by how I take care of her. She's not without options. She's a beautiful woman. If I want to act stupid, she would be just fine. But because of what she demands, I'm either going to step up and be full grown or be an immature baby. Man, I tell you, it's on fire in this building right now. If you all can see the level of enthusiasm that I'm looking at right now, I mean, I'm seeing people back there like, glory to God, Pastor, that's so good. Somebody give God a real good hallelujah in this place. All right? So let's go real slow with that. How do, what's the difference between a baby and a full-grown person? Babies need to be fed. Grown folks feed themselves. See, if you're waiting from Sunday to Sunday to get a meal, you are malnutrition. A grown person is going to feed themselves every single day. See, see, naturally, you're not waiting on, on somebody to give you something to eat from Sunday to Sunday. No, you got enough sense to know that when you get hungry, you go get some food to eat. How many of you know it should be the same way spiritually? When you start cussing again, it's because you're hungry. Should be an indication I need to go feed myself because I am not myself today. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody help me out here. Come on, when I start going back out and hanging out in places that I know I don't need to hang out at, I start hanging around people I, I know I don't need to hang around. It should be an indication I haven't had something to eat in a while. And I need to feed myself. You become short with everybody, short with the people that love you the most, snapping off at everything that comes your way, looking at folks like, I wish you would today. Today is not the day. No, not today. You picked the wrong day to look at me that way. Ding, 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 ding. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I need to go feed myself. Thinking about leaving my wife. I'm thinking about seeing somebody else. I'm thinking about going out with someone. I'm hungry. So the Bible is food that nourishes our spiritual life, right? Hebrews 5, 12 through 14 describes the teaching of God's word both as milk and solid food. Both provide spiritual nutrients in order to grow. We start on milk, but we get to a place where, okay, we need people to teach us, right? But we've got to get to a place where I can teach myself and teach others. That's called connect groups here. That's your next step in your growth if you are mature. You naturally want to give away what God has graced you with. It's a natural progression to say, I'm so grateful for what God has done for me. How can I help somebody else get what God has, has, has given me? Number two, cleansing. How I many know we all need cleansing inside and out? Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, we know the King James Version and the New King James Version says that we have to be transformed, right, to not conform to the image of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Let's read this out of the Message Bible. It says, so here's what I want you to do. Romans 12, 1 and 2. God helping you. Take your Sunday life. Take your what? Take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around and place it before God as an offering. So see, what he's saying here is don't disconnect from God. So you don't go to church 
And then now I, I, I got my church time in. Now it's time to get my time in. I did my church thing. Nah, let's go on. It's time. To... <laughs> and let me go to church on Sunday to get that off of me. Hello, somebody. You see what he's saying here? Don't disconnect. You can't have a church life, a work life, a party life, a saved friend life, an unsaved friend life. Come on, somebody. It has to be all synchronized. I know y'all like, boy, pastor, go back. Go back on vacation, pastor. Put pastor, well, put, 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 put the other pastors back up again. Embracing what God does for you, well, 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 embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Kind of what we said earlier, right? Don't become so self, so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. See, always ask yourself, why do I do what I do? You know, with kids today, because everybody else has a tattoo, I want to get a tattoo. But why? Why? Right? If our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, right, which God has given us and he lives in us, I just want you to think about this for a moment. Would you go out and buy a brand new Lamborghini and spray paint on it? Would you build a $2 million house, your dream house, and then go put thug life on the side of it? See, what we don't think about over time, if I put that on my belly, how I many you know it's going to read at 40, 45, the ugh life? Because we grow over time. Come on, don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good right now. Right? So we, I'm not saying anything is wrong. I'm not judging one way or the other. I'm just saying, Why? Are we trying to fit into the culture? When God set us apart from the culture? Do we want to look so much like the world that we just blend right in? That's all I'm challenging today is to always ask yourself, why? Did I find what I'm doing in the Word of God or am I doing this because everybody else is doing it? And again, I'm not judging it one way or the other. All I'm saying is at least ask the question, why? And did I find this in a video, the music I listened to, a television program? Come on, somebody. But did I get what I'm doing from the Word of God? Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and then quickly respond to it. I would challenge you to wear your tattoo in your heart. I don't need something out here to represent who I am. I need something in here that represents who I am, right? And that by my actions and what I do, you can tell that he is a Christian. Come on, somebody. You can tell she is a Christian. I don't need a cross on my arm. I need a life that I live, a life that is an example to other people where I don't have to show you by, by what I wear physically on an outward appearance. You can see it by the conduct of my life. And that's all God is challenging us right here. Live your life from the inside out and not the outside in. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops a well-formed maturity, not 
outside of you, but in you. A well-formed maturity prioritizes the word of God. A well-formed maturity prioritizes the vision of the church that God has sent it to. A well-formed maturity prioritizes if you're single, saving yourself until you get married. A well a matured individual prioritizes marriage as if this is till death do us part. We look just like the world. The statistics should be different. No one's getting divorced in the church. Everyone's getting divorced out in the world. Everybody in the church saves themselves till they're married. What? Everybody does that. That's just what we do. Ooh, that's the, I didn't get nothing on that. This is what I, this is what I got behind that. Pastor on fire today, ain't he? We need to tone that down a little bit. John 15, 3, Jesus said, the words that I have spoken to you have made you clean. Ephesians 5 talks about the washing of water by the word. If you want to change your behavior inside out, it starts with the word of God. You don't need a new relationship. You need an internal bath so that you don't end up in the same situation again. That's why history keeps repeating itself because we have not changed. We think it's the other person, but it's actually us. Number three, guidance. The word will give you guidance. Psalms 119, 105, the Passion Translation said, truth Shining light guides me in my choices and decisions. The revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. God's word shines a light on our pathway and shows us the right way to journey. Before you date, find out what God's word says about dating and follow that and you'll get his results. Before you get married, I would encourage you to find out what is your role in the marriage. What did God design me to be in the marriage? And then become that before you get married. Don't try to get in the marriage and try to become something. That's like trying to build a house in the middle of a storm. If you're already married, then stop for a moment. Pause. You do a study on being a wife. I'm going to do a study on being a husband. And then let's grow together and make our marriage everything that God designed and called for it to be. If you're raising children, man, find out what the Word of God says. I can tell you, folks, I got two kids, and one challenges every ounce of faith and prayer time that I have. Come on, anybody in here know what I'm talking That I mean, keeps me on my knees, keeps me studying. I mean, God said, get off of social media and study how to be a better parent. I've been studying all year long because I need God to help me with this one situation. Come on, I need some help in here today because if I know, if I can find out what God said, I can get God's results. Come on, I know it's supposed to work. My child is supposed to be mighty upon the earth. Come on, when they're old, they won't depart from it. But I've got to do my part. The word will give you guidance. Find out what he said before you move forward. Number four, to give you strength and security. Let's go to Luke chapter 6, verses 46 through 49. The Passion Translation says, What good does it do for you to say, I am your Lord and Master? Watch this now, Passion Translation. If what I teach you is not put into practice, that's what Minister Bernard was talking about earlier. That's wanting him as Savior, but not allowing him to be the Lord over your life. 
Because if he's Lord, you're going to do what he said, not what you want to do. It's not going to be an I church or a me church. It's going to be a we church. Let me describe the one who truly follows me and does what I say. Let me describe him to you. He is like a man, mankind, male or female, who chooses the right place to build a house also has an implication of a family or a household, right? So if you're trying to build a family, you're trying to build a household, right? Or just your own life. Watch what he says here. He is like a man who chooses the right place to build a house, right? And then lays a deep and secure foundation. See, what is the deep and secure foundation? The one that hears the word of God and practices. Ain't that, it's not that deep, folks. Just go back up and read. Everything is always in context. So the deep foundation comes from the one who hears the teaching and puts it into practice. Watch this now. So he lays a deep and secure foundation. Then when the storms and the floods rage against that house or that family or that household, it continues to stand strong and unshaken through the tempest for he has wisely built on the right foundation of hearing the word and practicing it. Everybody see that? What is the right foundation? Hearing the word and practicing it. Practice? We talking about practice? That's one of my favorite Alan Iverson quote. Practice? We talking about practice? That's exactly what we talking about. Because you don't get better without practice. See? And that's what we want to do. We want to show up for the game and we haven't been practicing. Now, I want to ask a Bible quiz question. Even though this person practiced, heard the word of God and practiced it, practiced the word of God, did that cause them to be exempt from the storm? So guess what, folks? We all have to go through the same thing. The difference between one person and the next person is the foundation. That's why the same events can happen to multiple people and they all don't come out of it the same way. And we're looking in the natural, but really it's their foundations. Let's keep reading here. Verse 49. But the one who has heard my teachings and does not obey it is like a man who builds a house without laying any foundation of hearing the word and practicing it whatsoever. Now, when the storms and the floods rage against, rage against that house, that family, that person, it immediately collapses and becomes a total loss. Here's the challenge. Which of these two builders will you be? Which one will you be? Feels heavy in here right now. Can we take a 10-second praise break? I was about to take off and run around. Can we take a 10-second praise break? Come on, just open up your mouth. Go ahead, loosen up a little bit. All right? this is, come on, just take a 10-second praise break. Come on, just loosen up. Give God praise. Give him glory. Hallelujah. Come on, glory to God. Come on online. Get out of your seat. Get out of the bed. Get out of the chair. Come on, take 10 seconds. Give God praise. Give him glory. Give him honor. Come on, come on, come on. God loves it, man. God loves it. Hallelujah. So the question of, of, of the day is this. Which of these two builders will you be? Huh? Online, I'm talking directly to you. Which of these builders will you be? The one that hears the word and practices it? See, the wind, neither one of them escaped the storms, the winds, and the waves. 
The tempest hits both households. One is still standing. One is a total collapse. They both heard the same information. One chose to do it. One chose not to do it. Which one will you be? So God's word gives us strength to overcome the trials and tests and difficult circumstances that come our way. Number five, fruitfulness. I'm going to go through these last two quickly. Say, God wants me to be fruitful. The word fruitful means productive. Do you measure your life? Do you chart your life? Right? You should because you want to see where you are today compared to where you are at the end of the year and see how much production took place spiritually, physically, emotionally, right? You should do that with your body. You only get one of these. Psalms 1, 1 through 3 says, uh, the passing translation says, what delight comes to those who follow God's ways? Yeah, those are happy people. They won't walk in step with the wicked, nor share in the sinner's way, nor be found sitting in the scorner or the mocker, the one that makes fun of God's seat. Their pleasure and passion is remaining true to the word of I am. Meditating day and night in his true revelation of light. And I love this. They will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design. Now, how many know when God plants you somewhere, no one can pluck you up? Deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss. And I love this. Bearing fruit in every season of their lives. Doesn't matter if it's a COVID season, a non-COVID season. Come on, the word will cause you to be productive with whatever this life has to throw at us. Come on, I need a little better amen. Every season of your life is when you're a child, when you're a teenager, when you're a young adult. How many know you will be bearing fruit even in old age if you stick with the word of God? Look at this good-looking couple right here. Boy, if God can grace me to look as good as the Hendersons look, look at that right there. Bible in her lap. He's got the Bible out on his phone, still at their age, valuing the Word of God. They're going to flourish in this season of their lives because they value the Word of God. Come on, I need somebody to place a higher value on God's Word than where we've been placing it now. That's why they're still flourishing. That's why they're still leading a connect group. That's why they're still preaching the word of God. That's why they're still ministering to other people. That's why they're still helping other people at the age of 80 and beyond. Because the word will cause you to flourish in every season of your life. Somebody give God a real good praise in this place. They are never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, and ever prosperous. Let's close with victory today. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. God will give you victory in every area of your life. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, We all experience times of testing, which is normal for every human being. What? normal everybody's going through the same kind of stuff but God see every time you see but cancel out everything that is said prior to that somebody just need to say every time you go through something but God I know he's coming through on the other side of this come on somebody whatever you're dealing with you've got to know that there is a but God to it but God is faithful he will be faithful to you that word faithful means trustworthy Say, God is faithful. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say, God is faithful. Come on, say it online. Say it like you mean it. Say, God is faithful. Watch this, to me. Personalize that. Come on, say to me. Say, God is faithful, trustworthy to me. He will screen and filter. Now, it's going to take maturity to hear what I'm getting ready to share with you. He will screen and filter the severity and nature and the timing 
of every test or trial you face so that you can bear. Which means before the test or trial shows up, God examines it. And he said, Trish going to knock that Kadorma, Kadorma right out the park. She going to kick Kadorma right in the mouth and knock his teeth out. Now, this is going to take maturity, which means if it got to you, God knew you could defeat it. Come on, man. Come on, man. Somebody help me. So, so instead of saying, why me? Try saying, why not me? Because my daddy is banking on me to win this one right here. Come on, all of heaven is watching to see how my faith will stand up under this level of trial. And God is saying, I know my boy, I know my girl, I know how they're gonna come through this on the other side. Watch this now. Even the timing of it, it came at the right time because now you're ready. Watch this. Every time, every one that you face so that you can bear. That word bear means undergo the hardship and endure it. Your faith will last longer than this trial. I promise you, I don't care what variant comes along, our faith will outlast it. And we will still be standing at the end. Come on, giving God the glory. Come on, giving God the honor. Come on, somebody, giving God the praise. Come on, linked up church doors will not close. Come on, somebody. We will reach more people in the community. Come, somebody help me today. Bring it on because we're ready for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Watch this. And each test is an opportunity. See, all God has presented you with is an opportunity. You lost your job, what a great opportunity. Come on, somebody. Come on, they cut back, oh, what a great opportunity. Come on, everything that you're facing right now is simply an opportunity to trust him more. See, all he's trying to show you is that even at this level, he can still be trusted. I'm about to run, man, and I'm telling you, I'm getting myself happy today. If nobody else is getting happy with me, come on, every test, every trial is a tremendous opportunity to demonstrate to God that you trust him and for God to prove to you that he can be trusted at that level. Come on, I need somebody to get upset with the devil right now. Come on, I need somebody to act like you know God can be trusted in your situation. For along with every trial, God has already provided for you a way of escape that not just will bring you out, but it's going to bring you out victoriously. Folks, I got to stop right here. But it's not God if you don't win. Come on, and if God has provided the way of escape, you better know that the end result of what I'm going through right now, I'm coming out victorious on the other side. Come on, I need somebody to understand that today. I need somebody to believe that today. I need somebody to say the worst thing the devil could have done was mess with me in this kind of situation because I'm getting ready to bring the fight to him. I'm not waiting on him to bring the fight to me. I know that the Lord is on my side. I know that God is for me and not against me. I know that God will bring me out victorious on the other side. All you get in life is opportunities. And sometimes those opportunities are disguised as problems. and trials and tribulations. Come on, somebody. And tough relationships and rejection and getting fired. Come on, somebody. 
Sometimes the opportunity is disguised. But faith will help you see it. The word of God will help you see it. And the way that he always provides for escape is through the word of God. Can I just have a few more minutes? Sit down. Go to Matthew chapter 4. Let's look at a biblical example of this. Let's look at a biblical example of this. You'll get to the place after a while where like, oh, yeah. Yeah. This what we doing now? This what we doing now? Okay, let's go. You'll get to a place where you want it. So you don't get to be king of Israel without killing Goliath. See, Goliath was a big opportunity. David said, what should a man get to kill this uncircumcised Philistine? David saw the opportunity behind the tremendous challenge. Matthew 4. I, I want to close with this today so that you can see that your leader is not exempt from what you go through. So afterwards, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, afterwards, the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the lonely wilderness. Watch this now. Why? In order to reveal his strength against the accuser by going through the ordeal of testing. So the Holy Spirit led him out there so that the accuser could see how strong he was. See, the accuser must have asked for him. Don't say, you want Jesus? He gonna knock your teeth out, boy. I don't think you want Jesus. You know how the accuser is. You know how somebody is that don't know they're getting ready to lose. Oh, I'm getting ready to bust his butt, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Did we all read that the right way? The Holy Spirit laid him out there. What if the Holy Spirit led you into your situation so that you can reveal to all of your coworkers, business partners? Come on, somebody. What if he led you in there? so you can show them how strong God is. <laughs> oh, man, I could go all day with this, man. I was the right person to get fired. What, what a great gift to me. <laughs> I was the right person to be sent out into the wilderness, led by the Holy Spirit. so I could even find out at a greater level how much I could really trust God. See, we want great reward without great work. So, verse 2, and after fasting for 40 days, Jesus was extremely weak and famished. So the tempter came to entice him to provide food by doing a miracle. So he said to Jesus, how can you possibly be the son of God? See, Satan is always going to question what you believe. If you're really God's daughter, why would he let something like that happen to you? If you're really God's son, why would he let something like that happen to you? See, Jesus didn't fall for that. Jesus said, just order, well, Satan's continues to just order these stones to be turned into loaves of bread. Jesus answered and said, it is written. The scriptures say bread alone will not satisfy you, fool, but true life is found in every word which constantly goes forth from God's mouth. So now what he just showed you is he valued spiritual food over natural food. So if you're going to miss meals, miss the natural food, not the spiritual food. You see how Jesus moved that out? He said, watch out, boy. I live by something higher. 
eating chicken wings. Somebody said, don't mess with my chicken wings, Pastor. I'm going to get some as soon as I leave here today. All right, let's all stand to our feet. I got a challenge for you online and in the room. Online, you'll see it. Online, in the room, it's right in your notes today. How many of y'all are ready to value the word of God? All right, we've got to get to a place in this culture where we come here to get it and we go out there to share it. It's called connect groups. I'll talk more about that on next week. Here's your challenge. I want you to make a commitment, number one, right now, to begin a daily habit of devotion to the Word of God. Amen. Download the YouVersion Bible app, and there are hundreds, if not thousands, of devotions. I encourage you to do topical or subject studies. You know what you're struggling with right now. Find that subject or that topic and then study it and see if it doesn't transform your life but do it every day. How many of y'all accept that challenge? Online, type it in if you accept that challenge. Every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. Not just Sunday. Every day. Come on, say it like you mean it. Every day. Every day. Not just Sunday. Every day. Now, don't say this, but I feed my natural body five times a day. Not me, I'm saying some of us feed ourselves. <laughs> but, but, but my point is, let somebody not have your food ready. Let them take a little too long in the back at the restaurant. You like. <laughs> See, God was actually giving you extra time to prioritize something greater. Pull out your little phone and get your devotion in. And keep your attitude right. Instead of, oh, they going from a 20% tip down to 10. When sometimes, now I'm just not saying reward, reward bad service, but sometimes when people are at their worst, we need to be at our best. Because everything God gave us, we didn't deserve it. Number two, here's a real challenge for you now. It's going to help you be a Christian. Reach out to someone this week who you know needs encouragement. Either do it in person, on the phone, do it virtually. And I want you to take the word of God and use it to encourage them. How many accept the challenge? So we're talking about two things here. If you accept it, type it in online. I accept the challenge. All right. I will start a daily devotion beginning today. If you say tomorrow, you will never get started. I will start today. And then this week, I'm going to reach out to somebody who I know needs encouragement. And I'm going to share something from the Word of God that I know will encourage them. Did you all get anything out of this today? Did you all get anything out of this today? Let's lift our hands to the Father. Every hand lifted up high right now. And I just want you to begin to worship the Father. You heard the Word today. I want you to talk to God right out of your own heart about how you're going to prioritize that Word in your life. Remember what Matthew challenged us. Which one will you be? Will you be the one that hears the word of God and practices it? So now when the storms come, you'll still be standing? Or will you be the one that hears it, doesn't put it into practice? Then when the floods, the storm, the winds and the waves come, Scripture told us that was a great collapse. Which one are you deciding to be right now? Talk to the Father. It's between you and him. I'm not going to go home with you. It's going to be between you and God. Have your moment. Hallelujah. Help all of us today, Father, to prioritize your word at a greater level than what we do right now. Help us to care not just about ourselves, Father, but about, about other people as well. My prayer online and in this room that you'll lead every person this week to someone who is in great need of encouragement. 
and give them a right word in due season to share with them. My prayer for them, Father, is that that will be fulfilled by every person that's hurting in Jesus' name. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name. Praise God, we are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations, we are so excited that you made the decision to get connected together. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, watch past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text Get Connected to 833 833- 988-2009. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week and we look forward to connecting with you.